Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifeportoutintl.org for Life Poured Out International. And if you are new to the show, we have an episode releasing every Monday on the Charisma Podcast Network.com. You can also go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Um, we are continuing our series today on the Sermon of the Mount. Um, I'm excited to get into that. We're going to dive into Matthew chapter 7 here, the last chapter on the Sermon of the Mount, one of Jesus' most famous sermons here, only found in the Gospel of Matthew. And so I'm also excited about my guests coming up. And so um, I, I would just, I'm just saying that to, to just let you know, like, hey, listen, we got some great guests coming up. We got a guest coming into the studio, several guests. We're releasing the video content now on YouTube. If you're interested, you can go to... Michael Lombardo or Awaken Podcast in the search engine of YouTube. My name will pop up, my channel will, you can subscribe there, but we're releasing the video content now. And so anyway, I'm really excited about future guests. There's lots of awesome interviews that I've done and different um, series that I've done that it would be awesome for you to tap into if that's what you would like. If you'd like some free content to really stir your spirit, awaken your heart to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. We love to hammer grace identity, intimacy, righteousness, you know, going out and doing the Great Commission, kingdom works. And so that's what we focus on here. And I interview guests from around the world that have that same passion and desire, and they're equipping the saints for this time and this hour to be effective so that we could destroy the works of the evil one and we could establish the kingdom of heaven, expand his kingdom, God's influence here on the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. And so I'm going to open up the chapter seven. I'm not going to break down every single verse in this chapter. It would be a 30 part series. If I broke down every verse in Matthew chapter five to seven in the sermon on the Mount, but I do want to highlight certain passages that I feel like are absolutely needed and necessary in this time and hour. And so I'm going to get into Matthew, Matthew chapter seven. I'm going to read verses seven to 11. Okay. And so this is Matthew 7, 7 to 11. It goes like this. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find and knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or what person is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a snake. Will he not give him, will he not give him a snake? Will he? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who seek him? I believe this is important. It challenges a mentality. So many people view God as a harsh taskmaster demanding obedience. He is the Lord of all. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the king of the universe. His, his, you know, the earth is his footstool. The heavens are his throne. You know, the scepter of righteousness and justice are in his hands. He's a creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. You know, uh, there is none like him and only one who is worthy according to the scriptures and the book of Revelation, specifically in the scriptures. And so we know these things about our God. 
but many people don't have a proper perspective of who God is, and especially transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I believe in the entire Bible. I love the Old Testament scriptures. I love the New Testament scriptures. They both serve their purpose. The Old Testament was a schoolmaster to show us our need for a Savior, the severity of sin, and that we need Jesus. Jesus steps in. He shows us what it's like to live a righteous life and that we can't do it apart from him. And then he takes the punishment that we deserve, he, he, that we deserve. He died the death that we deserved. He rose from the grave. He lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserved, excuse me, and he rose from the grave. And now he brought us with him and put us in his presence, put his presence in us, cut out our sinfulness, gave us a brand new heart. Like this is the crux of the gospel, but we see rules and commandments in the Old Testament and punishments for not fulfilling those commandments. And so a lot of us have an Old Testament paradigm. We haven't shifted to a new covenant way of thinking and living where it is founded by grace through faith that we're not saved by works. We're not saved by anything that we can or cannot do. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Jesus became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in him by grace through faith not by works. We are justified just as if we never sinned by faith in all that he has done, not in what we have done. We have no merits. There's no way we're gonna get to heaven and be able to praise ourselves and say because of us or because of what I did, that I can stand before you. No, it's, we're going to be pointing to Jesus. It's because what he's done, because of his blood that was shed, his broken body, because of his accomplishments, because of his perfect obedience, because of his merits. He earned it. He deserved it. We received it as a gift. And God did that, not because he had to. He could have just let us perish but God sent his only son because he loves us and he desires that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. That in Jesus, the son, many sons and daughters come to glory. God wanted a full house. Jesus would rather go to hell for us so that he cannot live in eternity without us. He wanted us and he got us. And yes, there is a participation factor. We need to accept him. We need to receive him. But even that is by grace through faith because the Holy Spirit is the one drawing us, wooing us, pointing us to the Son of God and what he has done. We cannot believe without faith being imparted to us, without the Holy Spirit pursuing our very being. And then yes, in our will, we respond, but it is empowered by grace. We cannot love God without God. We cannot seek God or hunger for God without God working on the inside of us. And so this scripture is challenging the way that we think. He's saying, if you guys are evil, if you guys are sinful and sinful people and evil people love their children well and give good gifts to their kids, how much more our perfect heavenly father? Wouldn't he be greater? Wouldn't he be better if he's holy, if he's if he's glorious, if he's beautiful, if he's love, if God is love? Wouldn't he be better to his kids than people in the world are to their kids? He's trying to make that that um, analysis here. He's trying to draw this picture here. And hey, listen, you know, Jesus does exhort us to seek God. He does exhort us to hunger. He does exhort us to knock on the door saying like, don't, you don't need to be scared. You don't need to be timid. You don't need to seek God with this thought that, Hey, God, at the end of the day is reluctant. He's not going to give me anything. Or you do not knock on the door thinking that he's just going to open it, find out at you and slam the door back in your face. 
Like you need to know that you have a good dad. He's your Abba. He's your father. He's your dad. Okay. And he wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights, comes from glory, comes from heaven. And so he is highlighting this. He's not a harsh taskmaster that wants to withdraw his blessing. He's not a mean, evil tyrant of a ruler that just wants to punish you for sinning or for not obeying. No, he is a merciful God that leads us to repentance through his kindness, not through his harsh hand, not through demanding righteousness or demanding obedience. No, Christ fulfilled it. It is done. It is finished. He crucified sin in the flesh so that we could live by the spirit as a love gift from heaven. This is reality. Those who receive him have become children of God. We are his children. He is our father and his intentions are good. The kind intention of his will, it says in Ephesians, his will has kind intentions. He's not, you know, angry one minute, hateful one minute, loving the next. The apostle John tells us that there is no darkness in him, that he is pure light. There's not an evil side of God. There's not a dark side of God. He is pure light emanating from his heart, emanating from his throne into your life that we can seek him in confidence, knowing that he has a heart for us, not against us. He desires to prosper us and to bless us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and to give us a bright future like this is the heart and the intention of our God. He blessed the people of Israel, even when they were living in brutal disobedience. You know, it was just like, wow, God was, you even see the mercy of God. You see the silver lining of his love and his grace and his mercy all through the Old Testament. And you do also see punishment for sin. According to the law, when we were under that covenant, there had to be punishment. It was a picture of the severity of sin, what sin deserved. And now we are not under the old covenant. We are not, we are not under the letter of the law, but we are under grace, a covenant in his blood and in his broken body that's represented by wine, by joy, because it's intoxicating to even think about the reality of being totally forgiven. Blessed is he who is the, who the Lord will never count his sins against him. It says in Romans chapter four. And so we need to begin to see God as our good father with kind intentions, with love, bubbling up on the inside of him, overflowing from his throne. We need to see that when we seek him, we are not going to get an evil spirit. We are not going to get a stone. We're not going to get something we didn't ask for that hurts us or harms us. No, we can seek him and we can knock in confidence that he's not a harsh taskmaster. He's not an evil tyrant, but he is a king that loves his people, that died for his people, laid down his life for his people, served his people with everything. And he is a father above all else. And he is calling us to himself saying, seek me and you'll find me. Ask and you'll receive. Knock and I will answer the door. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these things that that you may be concerned about are going to be yours as you do that. And so I didn't want to go into a long teaching today. I wanted to just bless you with that. And then verse 12, let me say something about verse 12 before we, before we go. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want people to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. The golden rule, you know, 
He's just saying, hey, it might not feel good all the time, but it's in your nature to love people and to treat them well. When you treat them well, when you honor people, when you love people, when you serve people, it'll bless you more than it blesses them. It's essentially what he's saying. And you know what? Let me let me dive into these next couple verses real quick before I end this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. I'm going to give you a little perspective, and this is actually from the Diadak. I'm an old scriptures from the days of the apostles, and this is a viewpoint that many had in the church that I don't see prevalent in the Western church today. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is exactly what it is, okay? I'm saying this is my viewpoint of the scripture because the Bible is clear that he wants none to perish and he wants all to enter eternal life and that he is long-suffering, and he's waiting for many to come before he returns. He's waiting for many sons and daughters to repent, to believe, before he comes again. There is a time there. He's waiting. He's patient. He wants as many to join the party as possible, all right? And so <clears throat> is, is truly the way of life narrow and only few will find it? Jesus says that if we're believers, we'll experience abundant life. We'll experience life and life more abundantly. Not every Christian that you meet is experiencing life in abundance. They haven't tapped into this kind of lifestyle of serving, of giving, of loving, of yielding, of intimacy, of worshiping him behind closed doors, giving but not, you know, uh, you know, um, blowing their own horn saying, hey, listen, I give, or hey, listen, I pray, or hey, listen, I do this, I fast, look, I'm fasting. There's not a lot of Christians that have embraced the reality of God being a good father and they've trusted for you know him for all of their needs. They're still grabbing hold of it. They're still living very carnal in the flesh. I truly believe that this sermon, he's saying there's a, there is a extraordinary higher way of living, higher way of being, and not many tap into that life, this life abundant. I believe that there are few that live totally in that life abundant reality. I don't believe he's talking about eternal like death and destruction, like hell, the afterlife. I don't, I don't believe that you could challenge me on this, but it's also in the didact in the old Testament in the old, I mean, early apostle scriptures there right after, you know, at the same time the gospels were written that the perspective is in there, but this is, this is just a thought, okay, something to ponder. Is Jesus really saying only few will be saved? Or is he saying only few will live this narrow lifestyle of servitude, of obedience, of knowing who he is, of trust, wholehearted, wholehearted trust in God, of just you know living this lifestyle that Jesus is talking about here. They will experience life in abundance and life in full. And that's just, uh, just a challenge here at the end of a different way to think here because I truly believe that God is long-suffering and he's being patient with us and he wants as many to come as possible. And I believe that more will be saved than we could ever possibly fathom. So bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today to another episode of Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, challenged, awakened, by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys. I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing 
and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.com org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you